There's one Auburn Tiger defensive back that we may be overlooking. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Happy Ferg Friday to all those who celebrate Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joining us today. Jay Ferg. Pro Football Focus tweeted out a tweet earlier this week that I thought was um, I thought was pretty interesting for, for a couple of different reasons. But most press coverage snaps played since 2020 without allowing a touchdown. Nehemiah Pritchett leading the field significantly with 269 snaps. Is that is there value in that? I mean, obviously that's good. You never want yeah. to allow a touchdown, but what Auburn does defensively is drastically different than it was in, in 2020. D- does that stat matter? Yeah, it definitely matters because I think they do use it from time to time. Um, I think the part of the Derek Mason defense last season that was so interesting is that they mixed everything up, right? Like they yeah. played more zone. They, they played, you know, off-man coverage a decent bit as well. No, but Nehemiah Pritchett is a really good press corner. Um, in 2020, um, he graded out as one of the better corners in college football, um, right up there with Roger McCreary in terms of just his like stats and like some of the advanced numbers for him last season, obviously having to play some more nickel than straight outside corner. I think he ended up playing a little more outside corner than he did nickel, but it was basically splitting, splitting time there. So yeah, there's a ton of value there when he's pressed up. And I think if you want to look at Pritchett's numbers from last season, it's like, well, a lot more catches he gave up, a lot more yards per per catch he gave up. Well, it's because he's covering dudes in the slot. Like it's it's, really, it's tough. You can't just shut dudes down in the slot. You you manage them more in the middle of the field than you do just put them on. I mean, because you're not putting them on an island, really. Uh, but yeah, no, it does have value. I, I think you know how Auburn uses their corners and their defensive backs this season is going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, just because you bring in DJ James. You have some young guys that you really, really like that that performed well in the spring. Um, you bring in Keontae Scott uh, from from the junior college ranks. So, like, they they could do different things when Nehemiah Pritchett. And I think statistically, he when he, you know, this stat and what he did in 2020 show that when he gets to get, get out on his own off, off onto the outside and really press up against a guy, it works. Now, you're not going to do that every play. Not right. every situation is going to call for that. This is not the Kevin Steele defense anymore um, where Auburn uh, just did what they did, and they did it very, very often. Um, but it, it does have a lot of value because I think, um, you know, it just shows you kind of his versatility. And I think if he, you know, steps up and has a really good uh, year in some of the areas uh, outside of playing press co- press coverage, um, I think you're talking about a dude that um, you know could be a, a decent NFL draft pick next year. Yeah, I, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. And his, his numbers did drop off, as you said. His overall defensive grade last year was just a 55.4, but that doesn't tell the full story, like like you just said. So, 
Right. When, when you look at Auburn's top three corners, I think their top three corners, Jay Ferg, going into the season are Nehemiah Pritchett, Jalen Simpson, and DJ James. Um, yeah. If yeah. you differ, I'd love I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But um, those three guys are probably all going to be on the field at the same time. Maybe not consistently, but of those three, who's most likely to be the nickel, right? I mean, it, it is yeah. Pritchett, right? And then you put Simpson yeah. and James on the outside. Is that what you're expecting? That's what I would probably expect. Um, you know, you've you've got a situation in uh, with Keate Scott as well that you can that you can uh, do some different things uh, if you have to. Um, I am trying to figure out uh, uh, right now. Yeah, where DJ James played at Oregon, uh, pulling it up right now. Mostly wide corner. Didn't look like he played a lot of slot last season. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't see him. You know, guys moving around. It looked like he this, played this, some safety, uh, though. I think they put him in the middle of the field. Some, I think. Yes, yes. Uh, played played a little bit of safety. Um, you know, slid into the box a couple times as yeah. well. Um, I, I think when you saw in spring practice, they liked some of these young guys at nickel. I think they're already trying to figure. And again, I, we've talked about it on here before, but the whole process of playing nickel at Auburn, um, it used to be. Hey, you're the guy. You're the nickel. Boom. Here, this is who what you do. Um, what you see a little bit more now in this defense, started by Derek Mason last year. I think you're going to see it continue this year with Jeff Schmetting. Is you have a third corner, you have a slot corner, and you also have a third safety, and those guys go back and forth. Like um, you, you do see uh, Donovan Kaufman play nickel, right? right? Because in some situations, you'd rather have a safety on a field than a corner. So it is a different way way to go about it. Um, I think there's a lot of mixing and matching you, knew, you do out there. I think where Kaufman ends up playing most often is maybe the more interesting piece of this because if, say, he takes a lot more nickel snaps, then it can kind of, you know, shuffle things around. But honestly, uh, as we know from, uh, uh, you know, from, from what Kevin Steele used to preach about his defense, you really want to have, you know, in your secondary, you want to have six, seven, maybe eight guys that you consider starter quality, right? Right. And I think all those dudes are, that we've mentioned are going to, to factor in there. I think the thinness comes at safety, and it's like, okay, with guys like Craig McDonald, mm-hmm. um, you know, with 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 different guys over the top of that, maybe some of the young guys, maybe some of the newcomers, who emerges there because you feel good about your top two, but you need depth there. At least at corner, there's a lot. I, I think there's a decent bit of folks that are a little bit more established whether it's by the fact that they are transferring in or um you know they they did good work in spring ball and and i think that's what makes the nickel rotation more interesting because donovan coffin's probably the most likely to be the technical starter there just because we saw him do that in the spring we saw him do that throughout the year last year though pritchett did it as well but there's more corners that I think are are plug and play ready to go on this roster than than safety. But you love right. the upside of like Zion Puckett back there. You know, what is a what does a Marquise Gilbert do, the top JUCO guy coming in? Um and then you mentioned Craig McDonald is a guy that I think is going to be really, really good. And so it's yeah. like, well, there, you know, there's depth. It's not as proven, but there is depth there. Yeah, no, there, there is. And and getting Craig McDonald ended up being really huge because if you don't get him you were most likely going to have to rely on multiple like guys with no college experience right. playing back there and giving you hey look if those guys you know if if those guys like a Caden like Bridges a, or something yeah Caden yeah. Bridges or Caleb Wooden like mm-hmm. if those guys emerge and, and like show in fall camp that they're ready to play right now then good right you know it but it means it means more if those guys beat out a 
you know, guys who have played at the college level, played at the FBS or the Power Five level, or even high JUCO, than it is if it's just like, well, we're going to you because you're it. Um, and, and so getting guys like Craig McDonald, I think, were was pretty big this offseason. I also think McDonald has a skill set that's a little different than everybody else's out there, and he comes from a, a defense at Iowa State that did things a little differently sure. um, that I think it's going to fit in. Right, right. All right, should Auburn fans be thankful? Uh, I, I think they should, and I'll, I'll explain why in just a moment. Hey, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Actually, just got some numbers emailed to me. Auburn's updated odds to win the SEC are 80 to 1. So if you think Auburn's going to go on a tear here and you want to make some money, you head over to Bet Online right now and uh, you put your money on the Tigers. 81 odds to, to win the SEC. Of course, they've got all sorts of futures bets for college football, for the NFL. And a big thing right now is live betting for Major League Baseball. You can check it all out at Bet Online. That's where the game starts. Jay Ferg, what all is going on these days at the Auburn Observer? Yeah, so this week uh, did well. Actually, since the last time we talked, we've done we've done a couple of breakdowns on the guys that Auburn has picked up in recruiting. Um, so Jeremiah Cobb right. uh, and uh, Carmelo English. You can check those out at the Observer. Uh, did a podcast on Thursday with our friend Nicole Auerbach what the heck's happening with conference realignment and what the SEC might do next. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, those are really good uh, times so you can listen to that if you're a subscriber. Um, what else have we done during the week? Uh, you know, other other podcasts throughout the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've had a lot of fun, some really fun special guests as well. Mailbag out today if you're listening to this. So it's uh, at, all at the Auburn Observer. AuburnObserver.com, sign up there. $6 a month or $60 a year. Gets you full access to everything we do. Uh, we guarantee you at least five things a week, uh, whether it's newsletters or podcasts, uh, and they come out at about 6 a.m. Central Time, weekday mornings. Yep, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. AuburnObserver.com. Yeah, and, and piggybacking on the conversation you had with Nicole Arbach on your podcast yesterday, Jay Ferb, you know, a, a part of my, my, my job outside of this podcast is to listen to other college shows right. um, talking about it, you know, kind of sending them notes and things like that, but... It's so interesting, you know, you listen to the Big Ten shows and they sound like, you know, they, they've won everything, right? Like their <laughs> their status in college football is rising. And then you go listen to a Pac-12 show and it's like their world is falling apart. And yeah. so uh, I think Auburn fans need to be aware of the fact of like, the fact that they are part of such a great establishment and such a great conference in the SEC, like there's no danger to you. There's no danger to your program. And uh, not a lot of people can say that right now. Right, exactly. Yeah, you, you don't have to worry about that. Um, you are one of the top 15 programs all time, and you're going to stay that way. Uh, yeah. You know, you can have highs and lows, and Auburn has more highs and lows than pretty much anybody in major college football. But, yeah, I mean, they, they're they set. The SEC is the moneymaker. The Big Ten is going to come really, really close, I think. They're going to maximize what they do. And, and this vision of the future where people think you know it's going to be the sec and the big 10 versus the world like yeah that's probably going to happen um you know but auburn's in a really good spot right now and, and i think they're also in the conference where you know right now when we talk about the big 10 look they went out and got usc and, and ucla and they needed to um because they weren't going to just let stay pat uh at 14 they were going to counter what what the sec did and it's going to make them more money um, but it, it's going to make things tougher. Like travel is going to be insane. Uh, some of the traditions that you, uh, you know, 
remember in college football, uh, especially the Rose Bowl, is going to like be not really relevant anymore because right. of this move. Meanwhile, the SEC, yeah, it's all about money. Yeah, it's not necessarily anything that's going to benefit fans or players um, specifically. So, I mean, let's be very clear. This is all about who's getting the cash. Uh, so you don't want to say it's it's a virtuous uh, thing at, at all. But the SEC, if they expand like they did with Texas and Oklahoma, they're doing it in a way where like it makes sense. Regionally, it fits. If the SEC wants to keep expanding, and if we, we go to this era where like you know these these mega conferences with twenty plus teams in it, you're most likely going to see the SEC go get Clemson and Florida State and Miami and teams like that. So that at least like makes sense, and it doesn't like jeopardize the order of things right. like what the big 10 did with, uh, with USC and UCLA. Yeah. I, I don't think Oregon and Washington are going to get a call from no. the SEC, which, which I think is cool. I, I think, you know, does geography really matter as much with football? No, but with some of these smaller sports, like yeah, that's a big deal. Like your, your yeah. non rev, um, sports. Like I, I don't really understand how that's gonna happen. I guess they just expect the TV deals to be big enough to cover everything, but that's that's going to be a really, really interesting thing to see kind of unfold here. Yeah, I I, I am not a uh, I'm not a fan of you know, making people go play in Los Angeles and New Jersey in the same conference. Like, it just it's doesn't wild. make any sense to me. Um, you know, it, when Auburn has to play Missouri in sports and Texas A&M in sports, like, it can get difficult and you get kind of frustrating, but like that pales in comparison to going literally across the country. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Huge so, deal. Um, Jay Ferg, we're starting to see more and more reports come out uh, from the Auburn football program about culture and just how about, you know, just the, the change in mentality of this team. Um, the work ethic seems to be there. They seem to be more in unison uh, across the board, which was all speculative. Now it seems like reports are confirming that. What kind of impact can that make when it comes to wins and losses and overall production this season? It's it's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to say, well, that means definitely they're going to be better this year. But what I do think is, if you are going to be better than this year, this year, you absolutely have to have that. I said that when, um, you know, everything happened with Brian Harson and you came out of it, and you had guys like John Samuel Shanker right. and, and and Derek Hall and these leaders on the team saying, "Hey, we're behind this. We believe in this team." It's like, well, yeah, like that is a hundred. If you're going to do this, us against the world, we're going to shock everybody. Everybody on the inside's got to be bought in, right? The the challenges are great, right? Auburn's schedule is what it is, and it's even tougher this year because it is in Alabama and Georgia, both on the road year. Um, the question marks are great as well. They're answerable, and, like, you know, it's not going to keep them, like, I'm not looking at Auburn's roster and saying there's no way this team can win seven or eight or nine games. Like, I'm not saying that at all. But things could get sideways if if those question marks aren't answered pretty quickly. Quick. Um, but, yeah, this is something you absolutely have to have, right? And we heard all last year about, you know, team culture and, um, you know, the, the strength and conditioning program and, and, and change in the culture. And that and there were good, you know, uh, imp there was a good impact. I mean, remember Auburn was 6-2 and two at one point. Like, they, they, they got off to a really good start in year one. Just things went really, really sideways late in the year, and there were obviously frustrations, and not everybody was on the same page. And, like, some of that is always going to be around yeah. when you're dealing with a major college football team. But I do think, like, it, when you read these reports of, like, hey, you know, everybody's bought in, you know, they feel like that this is going to be a step in the right direction and, and all that. It's like, 
We'll see if that translates to wins and losses on the field. But, like, it's impossible for it to translate to wins if you're not in that right now. So, like, yeah, those are good things to hear about. And it's, right. you know, some of the same things I've heard about and, and seen about the about the team as well. But it's like, if you were hearing those things, it's like, oh, God, this is going to be a really bad fall. Um, so, you know. I don't think it, I don't think it directly translates to how how much better they're going to be this year, but like it's something you absolutely have to have. Everybody's got to be bought in. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna take on this challenge and you're gonna overcome it and you're going to prove a lot of people wrong, you got to be all in. And um, I think that's one of the things that this staff uh, and this and this this group of players is pretty good at is that they they get people bought in and they they're buying into it. Um, and we'll see how much it uh it'll impact the fall. Right, right, yeah, and, and just you know the whole, the whole hiring of Harson. I think we all knew at the time like this is going to be a build, and this is kind yeah. of the next step of it. Is like okay, everybody in the program is now they all have the same vision. You know, th- it sounds like there's less arguing with coaches and players. It sounds like everybody's kind of you know in in unison as far as taking that step forward. So, um, if they don't win seven or eight games, it's like you'd hate to see it all go to waste, kind of thing, and so. I, right. I think eight home games is a big deal. I think getting eight home games is a big deal, oh, yeah. and all eight of them are winnable. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, a couple of those are going to be really tough. But yeah, I mean, they're they are winnable. And you you know, if you're Auburn, yeah, I don't think there's necessarily like a magic number where you're like if this if you hit this many wins, everybody will be happy and no one will have issues again uh, with the staff. And it's like. Yeah, maybe ten. Like you get to that point, but I think that I think the main goal for this team is is still the same, right? Like, if you're saying in year two, hey, believe in what we're doing, believe in what we're building. Okay, you got to show progress. The easy part of that is well, maybe not easy, but the obvious part of that is, well, you went six and seven last year. Improve that, and like that's you know you can just straight improve that against a uh, against a schedule that I think is tougher. Yeah that's that that will say a lot but i think there's going to be a lot of just like i don't want to say vibes but like how everything kind of feels about it like you've got to be better on offense you got to show more life on that side of the ball yeah um, you've got to look if, the part i mean I, i've said this right. before like auburn and brian harson they are battling a perception issue like yeah if you and, if you go seven and five that. yeah if you go seven and five but still and I still look like really bad on offense, like they did towards the end of last season. Like I, I don't think a lot of people are going to be like, "Oh, well, it was seven and five. Let's, you know, everybody should buy into it." Um, yeah, especially but, going to the off that off. If Auburn's seven and five with a bad offense, and it's like, "Oh, we lose the whole line. Oh, we lose Tank Bigsby. Like, oh, that, yeah. oh, John Samuel Shanker's gone. Like, that's not that's not yeah. a good feeling, you know." Right, right, exactly. So it, it's got to be improvement. It's got to be the right looking improvement, but it's definitely possible. And like I said. It all starts with everybody being together. Yep. And it seems like they got that. It seems like they got that or they're at least closer to that, which is which is good. All right, let's play a game. We got a little game lined up uh, courtesy of our friends in the Locked Out Auburn Discord, which you can join that by clicking the link in the episode description down below. But hey, today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. You can create a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you can add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Look, tools like LinkedIn Jobs are why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires 
versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Jay Ferg, got a few um, start bench cuts mm-hmm. um, courtesy of our uh, our friends in the Locked On Auburn Discord. I did not have it pulled up. My apologies. Okay, I like this one. Start bench cut. Cheshire Jackson, Coy Moore, or Landon King? Uh, I'm starting Landon King because yeah. I'm obsessed with him. Right. Um. And then, it, then it's tough of like, you, you know what you're getting with Shedrick and you're also getting leadership, but I also really like the upside of Coy Moore. So I'd probably bench Coy Moore and cut Shedrick Jackson. I think if you're looking for the future, like, yeah, that's probably the, the direction I would go. I might flip those first two. And like, again, nothing against Shedrick Jackson. He's Auburn's leading receiver and he's all that. But like, right. I, guess, I guess I'm playing long game with this and it's like, you know, uh, getting getting rid of a guy on his last year of his contract, you know, you know, totally, the, the, yeah. you know getting rid of a dude on an expiring uh, in, in pro sports like that's kind of my thought process. Because, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of potential with Landon King. I think there's a good amount of potential with Cornmore. And I think Shedrick Jackson is going to be a big piece of this team this year. But like this is it for, for Shedrick Jackson. So if I'm playing big picture, yeah, uh, I'll probably go in that kind of uh, direction as well. And I just love the upside of it. Like, is Shed going to be a thousand yard receiver? No. Um, I could somewhat. I don't, I don't know if, the, I don't know if there's any of those dudes on this roster right now. Though. Yeah. Like, you're you're going to have right. to show that. You're probably right. Time. You're probably right. That would be a surprise if anybody did that. You're oh, right. Yeah. Uh, start bench cut. Quentin Groves, Derek Hall, Jeff Holland. Defensive end slash edge position here. I'm gonna go in that order. I'm gonna start start Quentin Groves. I'm gonna bench Derek Hall and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut Jeff Holland. Nothing against Jeff Holland. Um one uh, year. Just one year where he I'm just exploded. You. Derek Hall is I I think just the consistency he brought because I remember when he was a freshman, I remember watching him and being like, Oh gosh, this dude's gonna be really, really good. Yeah. Um and then Quentin Groves is like an all time great. Uh, this one's funny, I think. And this adds the caveat of you have to think about it in the perspective when they were at Auburn. Okay. Start bench cut athletic backup edition. Malik Willis, John Franklin the third, Robbie Ashford. I'm gonna start Malik Willis. You're still starting Malik Robbie Willis, Ashford, right? Yeah, and I'm, and I'm gonna cut John Franklin the third. That, that, that's that's my thinking as well. That's and it's like well. it's like I you know I I I think I think they're I think Robbie Ashford could be a really good quarterback. I do too. And um, but we just haven't seen it yet. And so at least I know yeah while they're at Auburn, there were a few games for Malik Willis at Auburn where it was like man this dude's gonna be this dude's gonna be all all world at some point and it just didn't really work out a sophomore year and he made the best decision uh, for himself no it clearly worked out all right uh, we got a few more start bench cut Tyler Fromm Luke Deal Brandon Frazier start Luke Deal bench Tyler Fromm Cut Brandon Frazier uh, again and it's just like we just haven't seen a ton from Frazier at this no, point there with I love Luke, I love Luke Deal um, I, I, I like it. I, I, you know, 
I like a guy that can give you something in the receiving game, but his his primary goal is just going to be to bury people as a blocker. I just love that mentality, and, and yeah. I think that lines up with, with Harson. I think that's why John Samuel Shanker likes what Harson's doing so much, but just the whole, like, I don't care if I get recognition. I just want this offense to work, and so I'm going to do whatever it takes to make that happen. I, I love that. I will, yeah, and I'll always ride for somebody who's willing to play fullback in the year 2022. Like, cause that's not, that is not a position and not a, not a role where it's going to like turn into like a, a good future for you and, and, and millions and millions of dollars. Like, no, you just do that. Cause you're, you like that. You, you're willing to do whatever it takes for your team. And also you're pretty good at just burying people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fullbacks are dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are really cool. Therefore fullbacks are cool mm-hmm. with me. Um, all right. Last one. Start bench. They actually said start bench transfer portal. Carlton Davis. That might be a little better. Yeah, that's yeah, tough. To that's me. that's less intense. Yeah, let's do that. Start bench transfer portal. Carlton Davis, Roger McCreary, or Carlos Rogers. Oh, I mean, okay. So start Carlos. Carlos Rogers. Rogers. He, won, he, he won the Thorpe Award. Um, and then it's Carl. Carlton's better than Roger, right? And it, which hurts me because yeah, I love and, I love oh. Roger McCreary, but Carlton Davis is just so good, so good. He yeah, and, and he's he was been great day one in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, it's tough. He got an extension yeah. earlier this off season, so yeah, that's probably the that's probably the 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 direction I would go as well. But yeah, Carlos Rogers, I mean, the man, the man was, <laughs> the man was a first first rounder and 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 the only Auburn player to ever win the Thorpe Award. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Jay Ferg, thank you so much for your time. As always, my friend, how can people find you, read you, hear you, support you, all that stuff? AuburnObserver.com, uh, $6 a month to $60 a year. Get you access to everything we've got going on. So three newsletters, two podcasts a week if you sign up and subscribe. You can also get a free trial on the website. Uh, and, yeah, check it out. AuburnObserver.com. It is worth it, folks. All right, next time you hear from me, I will be broadcasting from a basement in Ohio. But we'll be back on Monday to recap everything that happens over the weekend. You can read all my work at AuburnDaily.com. And, of course, click that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, We're just a few away from 5,000 subscribers, which is absolutely crazy. Thank you so much for helping us get to that point. We'll see you on Monday right here on Locked on Auburn.